25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to this week's version of Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing. I'm here with my good friend, Pat Imig. Pat is a uh, longtime radio personality of St. Louisan. And, uh, Pat, tell us what you're doing right now with your communications uh, company. I know you got a nice gig going. Yeah, so uh, it's nice to first off be back doing radio. This is this is different to hear my voice through the headset, and it's not. It's nice to have a really warm microphone and a warm sound. I haven't maybe ever had that. Uh, but anyway, the uh, communications company, Image Communications, um, we we do social media and content creation. Um, it's a niche is really the restaurants. A lot of local great places to eat here in St. Louis. A lot of great local businesses that uh, it's fun to work with them because we go in and we we document stuff almost like Food Network diners, drive-ins, and dive style, and then put post produce it all and then post it out with a strategy on their Instagram and Facebooks and grow their audience and get new customers in. So it's it's a rewarding and fun uh, and exciting too. It's kind of changing and evolving every day. Yeah, well, good stuff. And how about you? Ready to talk a little golf? Definitely. Shift yeah, some gears and talk a little bit. I don't about think we golf. want to bore your audience too much with uh, Instagram talk, so we'll stick to the golf. No, we're, we're going to get them on the edge of their seat with golf talk, right? No, well, um, a little bit about our show today, folks. We've um, we're going to have an interview, a couple interviews uh, with some sponsors. We're going to talk to Justin Hoagland down at uh, Golf Tech. Um, talk, a, give you a little putting tip throughout this uh, show in the fourth segment. Uh, talk about Jordan Spieth, who is uh, having some struggles. I wish his... I could be struggling and be the 15th greatest golfer in the world. Yeah, it's all all, all relative, isn't it? But, um, yeah, and we're going to talk uh, in this segment about um, Ho-Sung Choi, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners haven't heard about, but hopefully after the segment they uh, they look him up. Um, let's just get right into Ho-Sung Choi. Um this is a guy that's received two – he's going to get two sponsors' invites from the West Coast. He's going to get into the AT&T tournament in Pebble Beach, and he's also got one into the waste management event in Phoenix. And, folks, if you don't know who this guy is, you've got to Google him. He he swings the golf club, and it almost looks like – afterwards, you've never seen gyrations like this in your life. It almost looks like some sort of weird like tribal dance – that he does with a club or maybe like a breakdance. He sometimes he'll fall down. He'll, you know, he'll be trying to coerce his golf ball, pat the head one way or the other. And it is just hysterical to watch. And he's really become a social media sensation over here. Thanks to a lot of the, the young star tour players, uh, Justin Thomas, uh, specifically. Yeah. You know, what's reading about him is, people seem to put that word viral or internet sensation in front of him. But then the more you read, you realize it's that swing that's viral, but, but the man, the player is an accomplished golfer. This isn't like, it's just a, a, a novelty act to gain attention. No, correct. I mean, so let's, let me give you a little background. He grew up extremely poor in South Korea. He, um, his dad was a farmer and, and they, he, he always took the kind of some crazy dangerous stuff, um, swimming and, typhoon waters and dangerous jumps and things like this off of rock ledges. And um, he, he actually doesn't have a right thumb. He lost that in a, in a freak chainsaw accident. And he wasn't introduced to golf until the age of 26. And it was intriguing, so he started beating balls and practicing. And, and um, you know, we'll fast forward. He's a veteran of the Korean and Japanese tour. He has three wins. Um, and this past June is when he really hit the social media here in the United States. It's it's amazing. I didn't realize what you just said about the, the freak chainsaw accident. So on the way in today, I'm thinking to myself, this is maybe the closest thing to Happy Gilmore from the standpoint of Happy Gilmore generated that casual buzz. You know, you're always going to have your hardcore golf fans, but he's kind of capturing, I think you could argue, some new fans and it's that swing. Happy Gilmore had the swing. And then, of course, Happy's 
uh, mentor, Chubbs Peterson, had the freak accident with the alligator that right. caused him to be a mentor. So now it's kind of gone full circle. Th- this ahead. is going full circle. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. Well, a recent top three finish um, in a Korean event uh, got Choi an invitation to the British Open, and he's actually oblivious to all of this internet savvy. And when he saw his swing online, he said, I look ridiculous. The funny, you know, and uh, it, and I just look funny. I'm grateful that all the viewers, especially in the United States, took it positively. And, you know, what's interesting is that that's not always the case with the social media. Man, it gives people these this forum to just take pot shots at people. And it's really cool that the golf community did not do that. Yeah, Rory McIlroy, I was reading this on the way in, too. He was asked to comment, and his initial response was, who? But then I think people see that, and they, they think it's maybe a pot shot. I don't know what your thoughts on Rory, but he goes on to say, well, he's won a couple of tournaments, so clearly this isn't just like kind of what I was saying at the front end. It's not that he just has a funny swing. He does, and it's something I've never seen before, but – the guy's got credentials to himself and who can't get behind the 45 year old who's now playing the best golf of his life what you said earlier starting at age 26 that's incredible that's a great inspiration honestly for anybody that thinks they're old if they're in their 30s or 40s you got plenty of time yeah pat the reason i'm bringing it up on the show in this on the range segment uh brought to you by 20 minutes to fitness um is that this guy can play, and this is a great story, and this is a story that people can get behind, and we're not I'm not on here to make fun of him at all. I'm out here to point this out. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago he had the he had the fifty four hole lead in the um Korean open and and stumbled to to seventy four but um man i'm not uh I'm not here to criticize at all. I just want to bring this to light and then to to kind of give our our listeners a heads up that um this guy's coming. And uh, uh, you're going to get to see him. And he also said, um, you know, they asked him, what's up with all these gyrations? And he's he's really doing it to try to get more power. Imagine, you know, how Gary Player had that little step-through finish when mm-hmm. he swung to try to get a, f- a few more yards. Well, that's what um, Choi says. And um, he also says, you know, this is this is serious stuff for him. This is his life. This is He's trying to support not only himself and his family, but a lot of siblings back in uh, Korea. And so it's a, it's a really great story. So as part of his petition to get into the, the waste management, you the funny thing is, as I was reading about that, they talk about how, I think it was Golf Digest or Golf.com, how that tournament is actually like one of the bigger tournaments for younger college-type kids because, you know, it's February. People are, are put it on their calendars. They have a great time. Probably a lot of booze that weekend, but for those people who are going and have never seen this guy, that's going to be incredible for them. That's going to be the greatest thing of the tournament, regardless of who wins. No doubt, Pat. And the and the thing you need to know about waste management is that's the 16th hole that's got the entire hole um, enclosed like a coliseum or like a arena format. It also far outlasts all the other tournaments in attendance. So it's the party, it's the, you know, it's the kind of the rock and roll golf format over there. And I got to just throw a plug in on back in the 90s. It was like 100 years ago, back in the 90s, when it first started getting, I made a hole-in-one on Saturday at the Phoenix Open. Nice. Yeah. Loudest, loudest roars ever, no doubt. And then there's a car on the tee, right? So I'm like, my caddy's like, oh, so cool. You want a car? Can I have the car? I go, hell no, you can't have the car. And I'm thinking... Man, I just won a car. How cool is this? Do you remember the car? Oh, um, yeah. You got to hear the rest of this. So, okay, yeah, good. it was like a Reliant K car or something. It was really, you know, this was a, when the tour didn't have all the money like it has now. So it was like a, a Chrysler or something. Like Chrysler, whatever it is, I would have taken it gladly. But I walk up. So the car's facing the green, and we're walking up behind it. And on the windshield, there's a placard, about a four-by-six-inch placard that says, Sunday only. And my hole in really? one was on Saturday. That's how cheesy the tour was back then. You, you had to make a hole in one on the right day. What are you going to have even... the car on the tee for then? Put it just, on a Sunday then. I know. Make it look good. Make it look good. So um, uh, that's just uh, a, a, a fun a fun event and um, the rock I, and roll I, golf 
theme out there. I, I have a couple friends that had bookmarked that for their – that's where they're going. So they've been talking about it for months. It's it's basically like a Super Bowl almost for them. It is. It's it's a great event. It raises – I think last year it raised $18 million for local charities. I mean, just phenomenal stuff. And uh, the um, – the the organizers of the event uh, they they just they do a, they do a fantastic job, and one of the things I think uh, Pat I mentioned it just a few minutes earlier, but one of the things that's really um, I know different about this story is that Justin Thomas how you know he could have said a lot of things about this guy's swing and um, by a social media and the the way he took the high road and the way that he actually put it all in such a positive vein. I thought it was pretty neat. It's it's interesting too because he's the complete opposite just from the standpoint of there is you know his swing his he's I was going to say his antics but he doesn't really have antics he's just a straight lay straight shooter so that's even that even speaks even more to it and I you know like we can't speak for him but obviously the more eyeballs and the more buzz on golf the better I mean it's just another you know it's not a Tiger Woods type effect but it's a lesser degree of that and I think. I think once this guy hits at the Pro-Am at, at Pebble Beach and down at the Waste Management for people watching on TV and in person, it, the uh, quote-unquote legend will probably keep growing. I do, I do too. I, I really hope so. Uh, one other thing about a West Coast. There was, there was supposed to be a new West Coast event in the fall. Uh, NBA star Steph Curry was behind this group um, getting this event together at a golf course I'm really familiar with called Lake Merced Country Club. I have a friend who was the uh, on the board at Lake Merced, and I talked to him about a month ago, and he said, I said, what's the likelihood of this thing really going down? I mean, it's late, you know, organizational-wise, and, and he goes, 97%, and our, you know, from our opinion, this thing's going to go down, and um, last week it got scrapped. They had some uh, issues with the um, – it's all always about money, I think, sure. when, especially at a – at a PGA Tour event at this level, you know, you're talking about a multi-year commitment of probably, just purse-wise, Pat, you're probably talking somewhere in the range of 15 to $20 million, and that doesn't include the TV responsibilities that come with that. It's a, it's a big deal. It, I think it's really um, interesting that Steph Curry loves the game so much, and I'm gonna, I don't know Steph at all. I don't know many people that know him, but I'm going to try to get him on the show just to try to get, you know, uh, find out what that the buzz of golf has kind of bitten him and not letting him go. I think it's it's fun to watch those athletes, the non-athlete golfers, or the non-golfer athletes, I should say, like Tony Romo, like Steph Curry. Tony Romo's a scratch golfer. Isn't he? I mean, he's one of the best golfers out of the, uh, the retired athletes. It's fun to watch them because you can tell that they're never really done with uh, competing, never done with learning and improving. We had a great interview with Brett Hull on a couple of weeks ago, and he talked just about that. Hull's one of the best as well. He's like a scratch player and plays in a lot of those um, celebrity invitationals and things like that. He'd be fun to play with, I bet. Oh, he's a blast. And he just said just loves, you know, the game and loves that he can still feel like he can compete at some level or another. But, um, well, that's going to do it for the On the Range segment. Um we're going to have to take a short back, uh, short break, excuse me, and uh, but don't go anywhere. Join us for the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate, finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Are you in the market for a new home? The St. Louis market has been incredibly competitive these last several years, and you really need an expert on your side to help relieve the home buying stress. Do yourself a favor and call Joe Sheezer at 314-628-2015, anytime, seven days a week, 
for a no-obligation loan consultation. Joe's been helping my family and I for over 25 years. He even helped my brother, who lives in Florida, purchase his home a few years back. About 20 years ago, I wanted to refinance my home. He suggested I go from a 30-year fixed to a 15-year fixed-rate loan. Wow, did I save money, and what a smart move that was. Joe's been a loan officer for over 25 years and a top producer at USA Mortgage. He can quickly issue you a pre-approval letter for your purchase that day or handle your refinance quickly and conveniently. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and locally operated. All processing, underwriting, and closings take place right here in St. Louis. Call Joe Schieser right now at 314-628-2015, NMLS number 281113. Welcome back to the Front Nine at Golf with Jay Delsing. I am here with Justin Hoagland, who is the um, the general manager of one of our latest supporters of the show, Golf Tech here in St. Louis. And Justin, tell us a little bit. I know you have three locations, but tell the listeners how cool golf tech is because I, I really like it. You know, I come down there and bug you guys all the time. I love the computers. I love just the, the, uh, the opportunity down there. Well, you're right. Golf tech's an exciting place for those that want to get, get their game in tune, not just for the season, but year round. And that's what we do here. Um, you know, I like to tell people that first of all, you know, golf tech uh, is not only a place you can come up with instruction, but, uh, you can come to practice here as well. Um, we see that every day, all day, with people that want to come in and just get better at their swing. Um, I mean, you, I think I mentioned to you the other day, um, you might have heard our, our, you know, our, our, one of our slogans is swing better, play better. And um, that's just what people do here. Um, um, we are different um, as far as golf instruction goes uh, in that we use a lot of different uh, um, ways of going about uh, improving your game. We use web-based technology. We use uh, in-bay practice, uh, the fact-based and opinionization. Uh, uh, the fact-based part of it is really important. We're not opinionized, I, I should say, as far as our instruction goes. So, you know, look, we, we, uh, we use those technologies and fact-based technology, um, which are proprietary. Um, you know, we use that to help people get better and score lower. Um, and I, and I know you, you've seen, you've seen it in person and, and what we do, um, you know, we're, we're taking people to the next level all the time. Yeah, well, you really are. And, um, one of the things that I think is so important that you guys do is, and you just mentioned it, but I want to bring it up again, is that you're able to give the lessons back to the pupil and he's, he or she is able to take it back to their home, put it on their PC or whatever, and look at it and, and watch it and listen to it and get that point of view that is really important when you don't have the club in your hand and you can kind of get your your eyes and your brain around what else is going on. Right. It is web-based. It's a web-based approach. Um, our lessons are, are posted to the web. Our, our members are going to get a uh, an ID number and a password. They can go onto our Golf Tech Mem- uh, Players Performance Center website, uh, a customized web page. And uh, the web lesson is there to view uh, the content that the instructor puts on there for that lesson. Uh, that's important for them to, to uh, review. And uh, the information's all there. They're real-time uh, footage, voiceovers, uh, drills, and notes are also in there from the instructor. So it's retention-based. Uh, look, uh, it, it's been, it's been uh, shown that our, uh, our system uh, helps, you, helps the student improve up to nine times faster than it would be if you were out, let's say, on a range at a golf course uh, uh, with, a, with a professional. Uh, you can still get good, good lessons by doing that, uh, for sure. But uh, on a holistic uh, approach, uh, we think we've got it, uh, we think we've got it uh, a, a solid approach that people can learn fast with. Well, I think you do. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin. The number is 314-721-GOLF or visit golftech.com slash St. Louis. Justin, thanks for joining us, and thanks so much for supporting the show. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Please reach out to us with your questions, comments, requests at jay at jaydelsinggolf.com. That's J-A-Y at J-A-Y-D-E-L-S-I-N-G golf.com. Each week we select an email and read it on air, and that winner will receive golf for two at Gateway National Golf Club, compliments of Walters Golf Management. So Tim Boyle 
sends an email, says, enjoying the show. Honestly, it would be great if you could do two hours. It's only once a week. Or it's only once a week, exclamation point. I'm going to put that in. He says, my question is if we could lure a tour event here, what course or courses could do it with as far as length and setup and challenge, maybe take infrastructure and parking into account or don't. I know Bell Reeve obviously could, but no, they wouldn't want to. You can take willingness into account also. Thank you. Yeah, hey, hey, Tim, thanks so much for listening, and uh, it's a good question. I've actually been asked that a few times. Bell Reeve, by the way, Tim, is still interested, and they will remain in that, uh, for lack of better uh, terminology, the rota of golf courses, uh, especially in the area that uh, Cannon and um, Wood hosts an event. Probably there's two places that come to mind that would probably be the best because of the logistics of how big a tour event is now from TV and sides and things like that. And the two are St. Albans, the Country Club of St. Albans, the Lewis and Clark course, or Fox Run. And Fox Run is, you know, out in um, Eureka, and it is, they've just got tons and tons of room. They've also got um, back tees where the golf course plays actually 8,300 yards long. We actually played a tournament one year there called the Big Hitters Open, and every par three was over 300 yards long. How is that a par three? It was not. It wasn't an easy par so three at on, all. On those, are you using your? What are you using to tee I, off? I had a driver on every par three. Yeah, I, I actually won the event at 70. I shot 76. Another plug for me. You know, I'm just you might pat, as well. I'm just patting myself on the. Well, hell, it's my show. It Why is your I? show. <laughs> Credential it. <laughs> Build those in. Yeah. So, um, but but those those are probably it, um, Tim. Some of the um, so, so skill wise, that would like it as far as difficulty, it would it would appease the the tour. The the Country Club of St Albans would play at a par seventy and not seventy two, and they'd still light it on fire. Now Fox Run could move the tees back, like I was just mentioning, as probably as far as they want to, and I think that would probably hold the scores down because of the length and, and the the golf course is still good, very good out there. But um that's don't see that happening. I mean it's probably Bell Reeve or nothing. There's a few other slim possibilities, but parking is such an issue. I mean, look at what happened at, at Bell Reeve and we were parking down in Fenton and parking in St. Charles, and, and it went well. I, I was going to say, I wish that was the one thing I was like, man, I hope that the city, you know, it's not the city actually employees, but you, you want the city to look good from a perspective of visitors and everything. That went about as smooth as you could possibly imagine. Is there such a thing as a five-run home run? Yeah, you know, seriously. If there's such a thing as something bigger than a grand slam that we did, the city, the corporate community, we mentioned this on an earlier show, but the corporate community, Pat, was Phenomenal, phenomenal as they always are. Though they they showed out for the the PGA Championship in '92. Our corporate citizens are spectacular, and um, the golf course. You know, Bell Reeve is a, is a struggle golf course wise. It's just not long like it used to be. I know that it's got the reputation. It was the longest course that ever held a U.S. Open back in the '60s. '65. Gary know, Player actually won that I one. Know, it's pretty cool. And the golf course was only. Can you imagine that golf course was only five years old? when they played and hosted a, a national championship there. So I have a question. What are you as a uh, – when you – with the love for the length of, you know, you mentioned 8,300 yards, and everything is about hitting big and, and longer holes. Are you a fan of that? Is that good for the game? What's, where do you stand on that? I'd like to see a little more variety. I'd like to see them have a tournament or two, grow some rough up, and make it penal if you hit it offline. But you know what? We're in this era right now where we want power and we want birdies. And so it's the bomb and the gouge. And, you know, it works except for the Ryder Cup where we got smoked because they did have high rough and we didn't adapt. Interesting. Well, I wanted to talk briefly about Jordan Spieth. So he went over to the um, Sony Open. He's only played once this year. Went to the Sony Open. First year since he's been on tour that he didn't qualify for the tour championship last year. And he's just had some struggles. And, I mean, he's won 11 times on tour. Five times he won in 2015 and won the first two majors. Fourth youngest player ever on tour to win. Um, But he's really struggling with his putting. And of all the things he does, everything, Pat, Jordan does everything well. The only thing that he was exceptional at was his putting. And if you look at the stats, 
and what happened last year, it, this putting went south on him. He was 180. Let me make sure I get this right. I don't want to have any letters dating back to that, but he was, um, oh, man, I think he was 183rd in putting from three feet last year. He went from seventh to 183. Now, on three footers. On three footers. And so if that doesn't talk about how mental the game is, that I mean, it's so if you want to break down Jordan's stroke, he's got a wonderful stroke. But what he does have, similar to a fellow Texan, Ben Crenshaw, who is one of the best putters of all time, but Ben could get off on the short putts too because his stroke is longer. You'll see a lot of tour players are shorten their stroke on shorter putts, a little firmer, play a little less break. Jordan doesn't do that. And you've also seen Jordan looking at the hole at times. And so there's a lot of things that are going into that. And, and I, I, I did quite a bit of research. And a quote from Jordan was, I know what's wrong with Jordan Spieth, and I know what's right with Jordan Spieth. And I know where to get to where I want to go with my golf game and have fun doing it. And the last, last little phrase there is really crucial. Have fun doing it. Because what's happening with him right now is things aren't working the way they've always worked. And so now you go back and go, what's wrong? What's wrong? But he'll, he's the first to admit he didn't know exactly how he used to do it. He just did it. Isn't it that wasn't, amazing? It wasn't all spelled out. It wasn't a, a big plan. He's a kid with a stick and a ball, and he knew how to get it in the hole. And now he's got to go back and look at tapes and go, well, this is what I was feeling. And one of the things that, that's so – there's a, a saying on tour that your feel ain't real. Because you feel like you're doing something, and then you put it on camera, and you go, what? I'm not doing that. What is that? That's not, Is that me? It's And it's true. And so what he's had to do was go back and go, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how I did it. And just start over. I am a huge Jordan Spieth fan. I really and truly want him to be back to prominence. And it's not like he's falling off the planet. He's just sliding a little bit. I think he's down to mid-30s in the world instead of in the top five or ten where he's accustomed to being. But I got to say this, and anybody that's played the game knows, the longer he goes struggling, he missed the cut by one over in Hawaii, the longer he goes, the harder this hill is to climb. It just plays with you. It, and he's a strong kid, and he is a, a great human being. Yeah, he does a lot of charity work. He's got that in his family too he does a lot of stuff with his sister i know um it, it is interesting because he's the first it's like it's you kind of spelled it out it's kind of like his first big professional hurdle it's like you were saying it's like he almost like this young kind of just natural and instinctive player and now he's got to deal with okay i, I gotta figure this out and i don't know what i used to do but let's that, go back to the lab and watch it i i, I related to the first time you get punched in the nose you're like well I didn't like that. You know, what, 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 what do you do? Do you run? Do you put your face back in there to let it get, you know, and the game will punch you. It will kick you. It will get you down and, and kick you around a little bit. And it takes, I believe in this. I, I, some of the things this, this guy has said has, oh, I'm a huge fan. I mean, one of the things he talked about, humility. He wins the Masters. They bring him in, the, and they said, that you, you're probably the most, Humble guy that's ever won this tournament. Well, I can't. We cannot believe your humility. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Perfect trap. He's like twenty years old, and what does he say? If I'm going to talk to you about my humility, I'm not humble anymore. <laughs> I'd have been like, "Oh, I'm a great guy." My, pay, you know, nope. How, that's impressive. Well, that's that's a lot of self awareness and a lot of intelligence too. Well. We'll get the. I guess time will tell. He is playing um, this week out at uh, uh, San Diego, and we will will follow and see how his uh, his putting holds up. Well, that's going to do it for the front nine. We're going to take a few uh, uh, minute break and uh, come back with the back nine at golf with Jay Delson. 
Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate, finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Let me tell you about what's happening at the Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery. They have the largest selection of Lazy Boy and Flex Steel furniture in the area. They also have sofas starting at just $377. The Kingstown King Size Ultra Premium Mattress Sets, a $2,500 value, now just $997 while they last. In stock Mohawk Carpet for just $0.99 cents a square foot. You can call them at 618-639-9858 or find them online at www.jerseyvillecarpetfurniture.net. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! I got a big shout-out and a thank you to Whitmore Country Club for supporting my golf show. I don't know if you know, Whitmore Country Club has 72 holes of golf. There's a 24-hour fitness center and has an extremely large pool complex. This is a family-friendly country club to belong to. There's a kids' club in the main clubhouse right near the fitness center. There are golf leagues, skin games, members, tournaments, couples events are available all year long. If you join at Whitmore, you also get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And the cart fees are already included in that membership. There are no food or beverage minimums, no assessments. Go out and see my friend Bummer out in the clubhouse. He is an absolute jewel and a wonderful guy that will tell you all you need to know. Or you can call Whitmore at 636 926 9622. The Momentum Builders help business leaders compete in the big leagues. Professional athletes and Fortune 500 CEOs work with a coach on technique, strategy, and mental preparation. How about you, or are you going it alone? Maybe it's time to change things up and bring in a pair of fresh eyes. Consider making the Momentum Builders part of your team. View our website at themomentumbuilders.com or email us at john at TheMomentumBuilders.com. Golf with Jay listeners, your first meeting is complimentary. Welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. This is the back nine. I'm here with my buddy Pat Imig. And, um, man, Pat, there have been, I think, somewhere right around 20 rule changes this year. USGA, the RNA got together. 20 rule changes. And um, there have been some... <laughs> There's been some flack. There's been some. One of the things that I, I played this game for. Oh man, forever. I just don't understand the dropping from your knee, from your knee height. I mean, there's always been a question about whether golfers are athletes, and if you want to make someone look really unathletic, <laughs> tell them to it's drop true. a golf ball from knee height. I mean, what? Yeah, there's there's a lot of. I was looking at some of the rule changes, and I don't even know, like, what the purpose is for it. Um, and I don't know why, like, again, going from the knee down, what what is that supposed to do? Is that supposed to provide a better, more natural bounce for the ball so that it's not you're not taking advantage of the situation? So what happened was they initially came out saying you were going to be able to drop one inch from the ground, which is basically a bona fide placement of the ball they got a lot of pushback 
the USGA received a lot of pushback. So somehow they went in. You know, we had been dropping from shoulder height. When I was a kid, we used to have to drop it from shoulder height behind us. You know, so like it's just you're dropping. The ball's going to bounce and and go randomly where you want. I mean, sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. But. I don't know that they they just miss miss the boat with that in my opinion. But the the bigger issue, there's two bigger issues. We're going to talk about the putting with the flag stick in, which is really kind of toss the the pros, the the touring pros on their on their heads. They just, with the exception of Bryson DeChambeau, who had already done research on that, the other guys are still in this experimental mode and trying to figure out what's what. So I did a little digging. Francesco Molinari's got a brother who's playing in the European Tour. I think he's won a uh, few few times over in the European Tour. Eduardo. He and uh, three other Italian pros did some pretty extensive testing. With the flagstick in, with the flagstick out, they varied the speed of the ball hitting the flagstick between slow, medium, and fast. And then they also tried to vary it between ones that hitting dead center of the flagstick in the hole, one kind of hitting the edge of the the kind of a more of a side of the flagstick, and then one just barely glancing the flagstick. And the results were this: slow speed didn't matter, flagstick in, flagstick out made no difference. Um, medium speed, you made more putts without the flagstick. And if you're a, a guy that likes to hit your putts firm, put the flagstick in. So fast speed, then, did, that 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 was their their clincher, I guess. That's if that's what gonna, that's you, what they did. It's online. You can you can look at look at it online, and it's um, it, it was kind of interesting. Um, they did a hundred. They rolled a hundred putts at each speed and varied the you know the location of where the ball hit the the flagstick in the hole. So they did, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not exhaustive, but it's, it's pretty telltale, I think. The Jambo came out a couple of weeks ago and it, he kind of just reminded me of the young kid that was just like, yeah, you, you guys are all just stuck in this old way of thinking. It doesn't matter or it doesn't, you know what I mean? He, he was pretty, uh, if you were to just listen to him, he's pretty convincing. Well, he is, and I mean, he's a scientist. He is, his brain works that way, and what he did was say a lot depends on the type of flagstick that you have because the flagstick gives you this rebound effect once the ball hits it, and I thought, man, this guy has really done some, spent some time on this. Dave Pels, um, who's a, another golf researcher and um, uh, kind of a short game, well, reportedly short game guru. I can talk about that some other time, but... He did some research on it and said that it definitely helps if the flagstick is left in. Overall, you're you're better off. So, is it a case of? Do, is there some people in the, in golf that think that it's a, it's a way of cheating? I guess is it nefarious or is it is it just an either or thing? You know what it is, but it's not it's not a cheating thing. I don't believe. I think it's so much of the. Of the folks that are in charge of the game are are just slow to change. They're just slow to adapting. They're they're steeped in the tradition of the game, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Except, you've got to stay current. You know, you've got to stay up on this stuff, and it's just going to be weird. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to be weird watching. I'm going to be at the Masters at Augusta. It's going to be weird at Augusta watching people putt with a flag stick in. But I can promise you, you'll never see more people putt with the flag sticks in than you will see at Augusta because you're going to get above the hole and go, anything to stop my ball. Yeah. Because you can get to the, like, take the 16th green, for example, and they use that right hole location right over there by the bunker, that front right. You get somehow get right of that flag stick and miss the hole. It goes all the way down to the front edge of the green. And some places it'll go off the green. So stay tuned for that, and that'll be well, fun to watch. The interesting thing is, too, it's something that's so, you know, on the surface to outside the golf community, it's like, it's a flag. What's the big right, deal? Right. And, and when the Masters comes around, yep. that hole is going to be, it's going to be all over the Internet. It's going to be, it's going to be its own little, you know, social promotion for oh, the game. There's no no question. No question. The last thing we want to talk about, I haven't, I haven't broached this subject yet, but I should because I'm a, Huge supporter of the LPGA. 
they made a huge rule change at the LPGA where the caddies are no longer allowed to line up their players, putting, hitting, regardless. So I I actually applaud this. I know it would be hard if I was an LPGA player and I'd done this my whole career, but it just slows everything down, and it's just not – it's not necessary. You, these players are so good, they're going to adapt. But I was just reading something from Lydia Ko. She said, I've been doing this my entire life. You know, she's a 20-something-year-old, and she goes, I've had someone line me up as long as I've ever played golf. This is kind of like driving without a steering wheel, and I get that. But I think um, for some of the images of the game and just for the speed of play, because the women's game has gotten really bogged down a little bit, I think it's a really good good rule, but as a player, I can see it would be kind of unsettling. The attention span, I believe the average attention span for today's human is 12 seconds. So, you know, if, if it's going to end up speeding up the game, it might hurt in the short term, but in the long term, that's going to help the game. I think so. I think it was really necessary, and I think these uh, these great women players will adjust and, and, and do just fine. Folks, I had the opportunity to sit down earlier this week with Troy Halterman. I'm not sure if you guys are aware who and what Troy is and does, but Troy is the men's and women's golf coach over at UMSL. He's been with the women for four years. He's been with the men for ten. Uh, three, time, he, three times he's been voted coach of the year for the men's uh, program, and he is really doing some great stuff locally here with both men and women golfers. And so I sat down with Troy, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Troy, thanks so much for joining me. Jay, appreciate you having us on, and I look forward to a chance to talk a little bit of golf with you. Yeah, me, uh, I do I do as well. Um, let's talk a little bit that you're currently coaching both the men's and the women's uh, uh, golf teams at UMSL. And, um, man, you've really done a great job putting this program into the national scene and into some some really nice framing of golf recognition around the country. UMSL's women are currently ranked, both both men and women's programs, Troy, this year are ranked in the top 30. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's been a good fall for us. You know, golf, college golf, we kind of get a break at Christmas. We have our fall season, which is about five events, and then we play our spring season. So we're kind of take a little breather here. But, yeah, the fall was good for both teams, both very young teams. But I'm excited in the direction that they're headed after the fall season for sure. Well, it's it seems clear that they are following your lead and that you're heading them in a good direction, steering both of these ships. You said both teams are young. Five of your top seven players on both men's and women's squad are freshmen or sophomore, correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. On the men's side, we've got one senior, one junior. And on the women's side, two seniors, one junior. So lots of young kids. Um, still kind of figuring it out a little bit. That's why some days we look really, really good, and some days we still look like like freshmen. You know, in any sport, um, they always say the best thing about freshmen are they become sophomores. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot of ability, but we still have some up and downs. But uh, I'm hoping as we move into the spring, we'll start to smooth those uh, peaks and valleys out and become a little more consistent because the ability is definitely there with these groups. Well, it is, and, I mean, we all know how, how up and down just the nature of the game can be as well. But um, some really cool records that um, that you've uh, acquired. We'll start with the women, nine straight NCAA regionals and two straight NCAA finals. And I think you guys finished sixth last year in the NCAA championship in 2008. Yeah, that, that's correct. You know, I was very fortunate when my role expanded uh, about four years ago, and, and I took over the women's team also. Uh, I was very fortunate that the coach that preceded me, James Earl, uh, already kind of had it up and rolling. They'd been to several NCAA regionals already. Um, he had a great core group of players already in place. So kind of I joked with him as he was leaving, that my job is just not to mess up what you've done. Um, but we definitely feel like we've been able to kind of build on that and got them to the – they've made it to the NCAA finals the last two years for the first time in school history and as you mentioned last year was our best finish yet sixth place in the country um and but we did graduate three girls off of that team so we knew this would be a little bit of a rebuilding year for them but we brought in five new players and um, they've all contributed at different times and i think they're all really outstanding players and you know i think we can even continue to, to to push for higher finishes at the national level with this group yeah, that's great. I want to talk just a little bit about the international flavor, but let's talk about the men real quickly. Six straight NCAA regionals uh, for the last eight years, the NCAA finals, and you guys 
posted a 13-place finish last year in the uh, NCAA championship. And, you know, to the untrained eyes, people might say, oh, man, why are you talking about a six-place finish or a 13-place finish? But, you know, Troy, this these, building these programs and building a reputation, it, it, it takes a minute, you know, and, and, it, and as you yeah. know from your competitive career that we'll touch on here in a minute, it's, uh, it's not easy, is it? No, you know, you, you never want to try to, you know, make excuses or, or, or talk about what you don't have. But, you know, if we're being honest in the sport of college golf, you know, with our geography here, just where, where we're located, you, you, at times you feel like you start behind the eight ball from the beginning just because the best players want to go where the best weather is. I mean, you know that as well as anybody. Pros love living in Florida. College kids love being in Florida and Texas and California and places like that. So um, as we all look outside right now, we know why that is. But um, I feel like we've we've been able to do a good job of, of taking um, – a couple of golf programs that maybe were not known nationally and and didn't have a reputation for being good and and we've made it now we're year in and year out across the board the teams in florida the teams in texas they know who we are and we've competed against them on a national level uh during the regular season we've beat them quite often and i think you know the best thing i can say about our kids that have played here in this in the last few years is that you know they've earned those teams respect and um when we go down to florida to play they they know who we are and i think you know our kids have shown they legitimately can compete against those kids that maybe we don't have all the resources in that regard because of that weather but um man i think i think it's shown in golf that if you get a group of kids with the right mindset that are willing to work really hard they can overcome a lot of those things so uh been real proud of what the kids have done over my 10 years you, as you should be and you know there's ways around that stuff i obviously being outside is ideal and hitting you know and playing under the sunshine is ideal but there's ways around it and you're doing that and I know that um, um, you've got a real interesting international flavor, um, and you've been able to recruit somehow. And I want you to just touch on that. <laughs> How the heck are you? you've got girls from Germany and Sweden and uh, Belgium yeah. and uh, all across the world? You, you know, college golf. You know, if people that follow it a little bit, just like you know the the professional world of golf, it's become so international. Um, the best players come from everywhere, and with the internet, you know, internet provides a lot of great things and one is it makes recruiting a lot easier you know i all the international kids we've we've got on the roster i think i only saw one of those kids play in person before they came here and that was in i went to see a kid play in houston uh maybe or dallas excuse me in texas who happened to come here to the u.s to play the rest of them it's done with skype calls uh you know phone calls emails watching videos uh, talking to people that scouts overseas, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, our first priority is we always try to recruit local first, and you'll see some local kids on both of our teams. Um, but, you know, we know the level of player we need to stay at the national com- level and uh, hopefully one day bring home the, the, the big trophy, the national championship. And, you know, sometimes there's lots of kids locally that can do that for us, and some years there's less. And um, we're fighting all the local schools, the mid-majors, the big D1s. You know, I mean, we're trying to get the same kids all those division ones are trying to get um pretty much all of our kids on our roster turned down multiple division one offers to choose to come to umsel um, because they liked what we were selling and what we offered maybe a little more than some of those other places and so we start locally but if if we get in a situation where we can't find locally what we need or we lose out on some kids then we definitely turn to the international market it's usually later in the process for us after we've kind of gone through all the local and regional kids um and if we need to fill some gaps that's where we've gone and you know we've been very fortunate we've had some great players Players come from overseas on both the men's and the women's team. Um, you know, really all over New Zealand, Russia. You mentioned Sweden, Germany, Spain. Um, they've had South Africans, South girls from South America. It's really been everywhere, literally everywhere. We have a map here in the golf room in our indoor practice area that, that highlights all the countries um, that we've had players come from and, and all the states in the United States. So, um, it, and it provides a great uh, team culture. I believe we got a lot of different personalities from a lot of different places, and every one of those kids brings something. To little unique in their perspective of life and their perspective of golf and i think a lot of that's what makes our team kind of special is that we have that diversity and and for my american kids it's an amazing experience for them to get to know these kids from other places and and build those lifelong friendships that you know that carry on well past their college golf days thanks so much troy great stuff over there at umsel that'll wrap up the back nine for us i hope you enjoyed learning about troy and the umsel programs um it's happening right here in town and um growing the game any which way we can grow the game is fantastic let's pause for a 
some information from the smart people that helped sponsor my show. And we'll come right back for the 19th hole. Got an interview with uh, my friend Joe Sheezer at USA Mortgage. And I'm going to give you a, a putting tip to help you hold more putts. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! Are you in the market for a new home? The St. Louis market has been incredibly competitive these last several years, and you really need an expert on your side to help relieve the home buying stress. Do yourself a favor and call Joe Sheezer at 314-628-2015 anytime, seven days a week, for a no-obligation loan consultation. Joe's been helping my family and I for over 25 years. He even helped my brother, who lives in Florida, purchase his home a few years back. About 20 years ago, I wanted to refinance my home. He suggested I go from a 30-year fixed to a 15-year fixed rate loan. Wow, did I save money, and what a smart move that was. Joe's been a loan officer for over 25 years and a top producer at USA Mortgage. He can quickly issue you a pre-approval letter for your purchase that day or handle your refinance quickly and conveniently. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and locally operated. All processing, underwriting, and closings take place right here in St. Louis. Call Joe Sheezer right now at 314-628-2015, NMLS number 281113. The Momentum Builders help business leaders compete in the big leagues. PGA Tour players, NFL quarterbacks, MLB pitchers, and Fortune 500 CEOs work with a coach on technique, strategy, and mental preparation. How about you, or are you going it alone? How are you handling the competition, the challenges, and opportunities you face daily? Are you realizing your dreams or tossing and turning all night in preparation for another long, stress-filled day fighting fires, too often the same fires you put out last month? Maybe it's time to change things up and bring in a fresh pair of eyes. Consider making the Momentum Builders part of your team. We look forward to hearing about your wins, losses, concerns, and exciting opportunities. Please view our website at themomentumbuilders.com or email us at john at themomentumbuilders.com. Golf with Jay listeners, your first meeting is complimentary. Do you folks know about Whitmore Country Club? 72 holes of golf. If you join at Whitmore Country Club, you get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville, and card fees are included in that. They have a 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, kids club in the main clubhouse, golf league, skins, games, members, tournaments, This is a family-friendly atmosphere and a wonderful country club to belong to. Call them at 636-926-9622. Well, thanks for staying with us. We are now finished with 18 holes and headed to my favorite part of the day, the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm here with my buddy, Pat Imig. And, uh, Pat, I've got a putting tip. I've... I've, uh, I've got to share it with the folks. We don't have enough time for you to improve my game, so just please share it with the folks. Well, <laughs> I'll go ahead and start anyway. Okay, so let's break this down. The first thing, and if there was anything that you could do throughout your game to help your game, it would be to relax and to work on your grip pressure. And what your grip pressure means is how hard you're holding the club. And if white knuckling it and squeezing as hard as you can is a 10, and if when you move the club, it falls out of your hand as a one. You want to work in that three or four area, okay? That is an absolute. You want to have soft hands so that you can feel stuff. Your lower body is still from the waist down. It does not move. Now, in your full swing, it, it rotates, it pivots, it does all that stuff. In your putting, it does not. And then the third point is your hand position. And I'm talking about your hand position as it relates to where the ball is in your stance. So a lot of people say the ball's way up, the putt with the ball way up in my, my stance, then your hands have to be much more forward. So you need to have your hands somewhere between the back one-third of the ball, so the grip of and where your hands are placed, the back third of the ball, to, to somewhere in the area of about one to two inches ahead of the ball. So there's not a perfect spot 
You just have to be in that range. You cannot putt with your hands behind the ball and putt consistently. It's going to add too much loft to the putter, and you will nev- never be able to, s- to start the ball on line. And if your hands are too far forward, folks, you're going to beat that ball into the ground, and it's not going to roll well. And the last thing, and I can't express this enough, minimal face rotation. And that means how much is that toe swinging open on your backstroke? It's a small little stroke, folks, most likely somewhere between 6 and 14 inches long on average. And just don't let that toe rotate very much, and you will not believe how many more putts you'll hold. You'll actually feel as if your putter face is closed from where you've been. 99% of the amateurs I help with their putting, this is the case. You might be the one example where you actually shut your face, I don't know, without seeing you, but that's what we got to do from a physical standpoint. From a mental standpoint, it's really simple. Putt to make every putt. I don't care how far away you are. I don't care if someone convinced you that the three-foot circle on a putt over 30 feet is a good idea. It's a terrible idea. An archer never loses sight of a bullseye. The bullseye, the smallest target he can go to. So the smaller the target, the smaller the miss. Don't ever buy into that three-foot circle deal. It will not help you. I've got some other drills that I can add later in the week, but those are crucial. Soft hands um, and be very relaxed. Lower body is still from the waist down. A hand position somewhere between the back third of the ball and two inches in front of the ball and minimal face rotation. You're going to see some putts go in, and there's nothing better than knocking a putt in here or there. You when look you look completely confounded over I'm, there. I, well, I'm confused, or not confused, I have a question. When you're playing, are you consciously thinking all of those things that you just told us? None of them. Okay, so it's all None muscle memory at this point for you. That's what practice does. So there's this training and trusting. So I go on the practice screen, and I work on those things, and, I, and, and you know, it's like, going to the office for me. So I put the ball down, get the ball in the right spot, get my hands in the right spot. You know, I know how to relax. There's three of them right there. That takes me, it takes me longer to talk about it than it does to do it on the, on the putting clock. Beautiful. My friend Joe Sheezer is with USA Mortgage and he stopped by for a little visit. Well, Joe, thanks for joining us today. Um, there might be some confusion for our listeners out there about this government shutdown and how it affects the mortgage business. And I know you've been an expert over 30 years in the field. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, fortunately, uh, government-insured loans are still closing. So even with the government shutdown, we are still able to close on a VA loan or an FHA loan. So if you're a veteran, um, give us a call, and we can still go ahead and get you processed and get you approved and get you closed on a VA-guaranteed loan. And same for an FHA loan. If you want to get an FHA loan, it is government insured, and we can still close on FHA loans. Unfortunately, if you are in a government uh, employee and you are on furlough right now, we are not able to approve your loan or close your loan. So um, those people are in a bad spot, and hopefully we'll get this settled right away, and uh, government employees that are furloughed right now will be able to close before the rates go up. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I know you do a lot with the uh, veterans, and uh, uh, that's good stuff and good for people to know. Tell me just a little bit about, I've I've known you my whole life. You've helped my family, my mom and my dad when they were still alive, my sisters, my brothers with our, with our mortgages and stuff, but we've also played a lot of golf together. And I know you use golf to enhance your business. Just a little story or something on, on how uh, it works so well for you. Well, um, we get our referrals from realtors and from builders and from a lot of sources, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, uh, most of your referrals that we get in the mortgage business are from our friends. And I'm doing loans right now for guys that I met when I was 12 years old on the golf course. Uh, realtors come and go, and uh, unfortunately, builders go out of business sometimes, but the guys you meet on the golf course are your friends for life, and uh, those are the best relationships that you make. And um, I've been doing their loans for Almost uh, 25 years now. I know you started off as a caddy, much very similar North County guy, just like I am. And uh, the game's just been, well, gosh, we've had a friendship for I don't know how long over it. And, and I know it's been great to you. It's it's neat to see how it just keeps providing, even for you. Oh, yeah. I don't know what kind of business I've had, I would have if it wasn't for golf. I 
I did my caddy's loan that I he caddied for me 20 years ago. Now he's an accountant, and I did his loan for him. So uh, the best relationships I've made in my life have been on the golf course, and they've lasted the longest. Uh, Joe, that is great. Well, that's my, my good friend at USA Mortgage, Joe Sheezer. Pat, I, I uh, was doing some digging. I found some really interesting stuff from Brooks Kepka about three tips for managing a bad round. He's the number one player in the world, and this is some pretty neat advice for folks out there. The first thing is he doesn't try to fix a swing while he's playing. How many of us do that? Swing number 45 coming in, you know, <laughs> here I go. Mental, mental, mental. Right, right. And um, the second thing he said, which I talked about in our putting, is relax as much as possible. And, you know, it's not easy to relax when things aren't going your way. Our natural, you know, is to fight it a little bit and go, man, you know, how am I going to do this? What's happening here? And um, Have you, I've dropped some expletives on the golf course before. Drinking and swearing, my brother. That's what this game's all about. And then the third thing, and, and this is the most helpful – Take whatever club off the tee will give him the best chance of staying in the fairway. Doesn't talk anything about length, power here, which is so contrary to the game that we're playing. Yeah, the the, the game right now is caters towards the big hits. You know, chicks dig the long ball, I guess, still. there's To me, I don't know that you could ever pinpoint a guy more than Kepka for being right man at the right time and right place. He's got the big muscles. He can drive it. But here, here's that guy saying, when I'm having a bad round, I'm going to switch up from the standpoint of whatever's going to keep me in the fairway, that's what I'm going to do. Do you know how much discipline that takes, Pat? I mean, especially when you can go ahead and hit one out there 350 and you're going to pull something out of the bag that's going to go 100 yards shorter than that? I Yeah, I, yep. it's not going to be as fun for you. But it's, somehow it's not as much fun. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, edition of Golf with Jay Delsing. Pat, thanks so much for joining me. I really enjoyed Getting to sit around and... Yeah, good talking with you, as always. Yeah. We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Write us at jay at jdelsinggolf.com. Thanks for listening. We want to hear from you. Hit them straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday from 7 to 8 for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime... You can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.